You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the book of Proverbs, now looking at Proverbs chapter 20. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. The Disciplined Life 20. Wine is a mocker, and beer a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. A king's wrath strikes terror like the roar of a lion. Those who anger him forfeit their lives. It is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person, who can find? The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. When a king sits on his throne to judge, he winnows out all evil with his eyes. Who can say, I have kept my heart pure? I am clean and without sin. Differing weights and differing measures The Lord detests them both. Even small children are known by their actions, so is their conduct really pure and upright? Ears that hear, eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. Do not love sleep, or you will grow poor. Stay awake, and you will have food to spare. It's no good, it's no good, says the buyer, then goes off and boasts about the purchase. Gold there is, and rubies in abundance, but lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. Take the garment of one who puts up security for a stranger. Hold it in pledge if it is done for an outsider. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet, but one ends up with a mouth full of gravel. Plans are established by seeking advice, so if you wage war, obtain guidance. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. If someone curses, father or mother... His lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. An inheritance claimed too soon will not be blessed at the end. Do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord, and he will avenge you. The Lord detests differing weights, and dishonest scales do not please him. A person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? It is a trap to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider one's vows. A wise king winnows out the wicked. He drives the threshing wheel over them. The human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost being. Love and faithfulness keep a king safe. Through love, his throne is made secure. The glory of young men is their strength, gray hair, the splendor of the old. Blows and wounds scrub away evil, and beatings purge the inmost being. The first verse contains personification. This is very common in the Hebrew Bible. Wine is a mocker, beer a brawler. Of course, wine doesn't mock, beer doesn't brawl, but these things uh, can be the results uh, of someone who, who drinks too much. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. Let me just share a couple thoughts on, on, on uh, verse 1. Well, first, um, I don't know if everyone listening to this podcast has 
uh, been drunk or or even had slightly too much alcohol, uh, but I have. Um, uh, once in high school, once in college. Oh, well, high school was, uh, it was a cast party. I was in a lot of plays in my senior year. Uh, I just thought it'd be good for me because I'm kind of afraid in front of people. <laughs> anyway, after the last one, it was a party and some guys gave, I think I had six cocktails. It was crazy. Even stupider, I drove home. I made it, but not smart. Once in it, when I was at Duke, uh, my Chinese history professor invited the whole class to his house, and he was serving wine, and I, I just had too much. I had virtually no alcohol, probably in, in, in those first five years as a Christian. But there have been a couple times as a Christian, um, and I, I remember pretty clearly a time uh, about... 20, just over 25 years ago. Now, right now, I still will have the occasional wine or beer. But if the doctor asks me, you know, sometimes you go to the doctor and they ask you, do you smoke? Uh, do you use recreational drugs? Do you drink? How much? So like, oh, maybe one drink a week or less. That, that's probably typical. I do not. I'm not one of those guys who believes that it's a sin to drink alcohol. I think Paul's advice in Romans 14 and 15 apply beautifully to this situation. And in the ancient world, they drank wine. They watered it down. Um, mealtime wine. Well, wine could be a bit strong, but it was watered down. I remember my first time I went to Ecuador. That was the way um, the wine was drunk. You add water to it or sparkling water to it. So it's only 50% as strong. And that was very common in the Greco-Roman world. And I have no reason to believe it wasn't common in the Hebrew world because these are things that are are wholesome. They're good to drink. Paul tells Timothy, First Timothy five twenty three, don't drink just the water. Not so good. Add have wine too. You know, drink some wine. So, I don't think any of us is is beyond um, temptation or being led astray. We need to be very careful. But that doesn't mean we have to embrace a teetotaler position. Jesus, in fact, was criticized for drinking alcohol, um, and. Yet he did. His, his first sign in John chapter 2, as you're aware, water to wine. Wow. A lot of churches, it would have been the other way. If some killjoy, Jesus would go in there and change all the wine into water. Okay. Comments also on verse 4, sluggards don't plow and seize. Okay, but back, but back to verse 1. Are you someone who has a problem with this? Do you drink a lot? Well, is it like every day? Uh do you get to the, a point where your judgment is affected, your reaction time? Uh, and if you're in that state, do you do things that you should not do, like drive a car or send an email or get into a deep conversation? I mean, we've got to be wise. We're not wise if we're led astray. And I, I know from being a Christian, as long as I have, there are plenty of sisters and brothers who, who drink and they drink more than they should. Okay. Verse 4, sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. Now, what's the problem with these sluggards? And looking at harvest time, and were they expecting to harvest something where they didn't even sow seed? See, they can't wait. They, they To them, harvest time, that's months away. I can't wait months. I need it now. Come on, you're killing me. I can't pace myself like that. But that's exactly the problem. The sluggard doesn't take the long view. Sluggards don't plow in season. Their problem is indiscipline. So they, they can't wait. They can't pace themselves. They just act for immediate gratification. So high on the immediate gratification. 
and low on mature, uh, preparation for the future, uh, pacing ourselves, and I would say planning with the long view in mind. It takes a lot of discipline to anticipate the issues, the problems, and to provide um, ahead to do those calculations. I don't know if you saw this film, a film called The Martian. Last year, I read a book. I read the book, The Martian. And I saw the film came out, and I usually go to I go to the cinema normally once a year, and so I saw um, The Martian. Actually, I saw the new Star Trek movie. But last year, I saw The Martian. It was very well done. But this guy is uh, all alone on the planet, and he has to figure out how to make his uh, supplies last and then how to basically raise more food So he, because he knows it's going to be a couple years uh, at the minimum before he sees anyone else. I mean, that's a great example of discipline, you know, using our mind, our ability to calculate and think and, and not just... Uh, Blowing the wad, you know, eating everything up right away and then starving to death. So there's a real problem uh, with the emotional and the mental um, circuits of the sluggard. Are you like that? Are you someone who is impulsive and and don't really plan that well? People often ask me, how can I grow spiritually? How can I get to know God's word? And I say, well, just meditate on God's word every day. Just never miss a day. But well, what difference does it really make? I think this is what the guy's asking himself. What difference does it make whether I skip today or not? Well, you know, not reading the Bible one day may not make a difference. But if this is your pattern, uh, it, it will really add up. So you want to you wanna grow in your knowledge. Uh, don't live for immediate gratification. I like verse 9. Who can say, I've kept my heart pure, I am clean and without sin? That's like Romans 3.23. It's like Ecclesiastes 7.20. You know, so many of these passages could be cross-referenced. Uh, 13. Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you'll have food to spare. Now, yesterday, I gave a challenge to get our sleep habits under control. But as I said, this is mentioned many times. Uh, do you have a, a snooze button on your alarm clock? I've seen them. I, I kind of jokingly say that's the devil's invention. I have, I'm not saying I've never uh, overslept or made a mistake, but I've certainly, I've never used a snooze button and you shouldn't either. You shouldn't either. You make that decision before you go to bed and you stick with it when you, when it's time to wake up. I think that's, uh, that's uh, so important. In fact, I remember a time when I got into a real bad rut, okay, this is a long time ago. I won't even tell you the year, but I was getting up every day like an hour after my wife. Now she at the time had anemia. You could argue that she needed more sleep than me, and it wasn't just I was messing up. I really should have just got got out there and you know read and prayed and had my coffee and started the day. But it wasn't just that I was doing wrong, but it was discouraging her. The way it made her feel about me, how I was doing spiritually, was not good. And if you, unless you live alone, you live with other people who, who know your habits. And whether you even talk about it or not, you affect them. There's reinforcement or, or you're discouraging them. So you're slack. And so that person ends up being slack. We've got to be mature about this. I like this saying. You can often gauge a man's ambition by whether he hates his alarm clock or considers it his dear friend. So don't love sleep. Then the very next verse, 14, 
It's no good. It's no good. Says the buyer, then goes off and boasts about the purchase. Aren't people just like that? I mean, the Proverbs, they capture human nature so well. Here, you know, buy low, sell high. It's all about leverage. You know, the price is too high at first, so he's going to kind of benefit from the seller. And then he's going to impress others because he got such a great deal. The price is so low. You know, we, we're like that. Uh, human nature. 19. A gossip betrays a confidence. Avoid anyone who talks too much. I just wanted to read it in the ESV. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Now, you'll hear that version read in a few minutes, but I just wanted uh, to, to emphasize it. 25. It's a trap to dedicate something rashly, only later to consider one's vows. Well, you may remember in our lesson on chapter 6, Chapter 6, verses 1 to 5, talk about how sometimes we need to go back on our word, or we need to find permission to go back on our word. On the other hand, you've got passages like Ecclesiastes 5.1, that, you know, when you make a vow, don't be, don't make a vow you're not going to keep. So, integrity doesn't mean we always do what we said we do, because it might be a stupid thing, and then there's a higher principle, like might be safety or the security of of your family. But integrity does mean that if we say we're going to do it, all things being equal, we need to do it. We need to. So don't trap yourself. It's so easy to make a promise or to, uh, in this case, dedicate something rationally. It has to do with uh, uh, the temple and sacrifice. Okay, one more verse, 27. The human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost being. So often in the Bible, the Spirit isn't the Holy Spirit. This is, this is our spirit. It's the good part of man. If we follow the flesh, then we're not letting God uh, be honored in our lives. We're not letting God control us. If we follow the Spirit, we are. Now, this may sound strange. We've, the Spirit, everyone has a spirit. A non-Christian needs to follow his spirit. This is the part from God. This is the part that will work with his conscience uh, body, soul, spirit, right? These are, that's the, in First Thessalonians 5, that's the tripartite anthropology. Body, soul, and spirit, gifts of the Lord. Maybe the language of following the spirit is not talking about following the Holy Spirit, but following our own spirit. And I think there are a lot of verses that suggest this. My friend David uh, Berceau recently did a, a uh, audio lesson on this very thing, I've given you the link in the notes in case you want to uh, check it out, okay? But human spirit is a lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost being. There's some statement. I mean, that's a very simple statement, but I'm not entirely comfortable with it. And maybe you find some of those things too. So what's the challenge going to be? Well, before the challenge, I'm going to read it one more time. I'm going to read this chapter one more time, okay? And then uh, we'll have the challenge and and pray, and um, that'll be that. Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler. Whoever is led astray by it is not wise. The terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. Whoever provokes him to anger forfeits his life. It is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife, but every fool will be quarreling. The slugger does not plow in autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. 
Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find? The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. The king who sits on the throne of judgment winnows all evil with his eyes. Who can say, I've made my heart pure. I am clean from sin. Unequal weights, unequal measures are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Even a child makes himself known by his acts, by whether his conduct is pure and upright. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, you'll have plenty of bread. Bad, bad, says the buyer. When he goes away, then he boasts. There is gold in abundance of costly stones, but lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Take a man's garment when he has put up security for a stranger. Hold it in pledge when he puts up security for foreigners. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. Plans are established by counsel, by wise guidance, wage war. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with a simple babbler. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. An inheritance gained hastily in the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord. He'll deliver you. Unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord. False scales are not good. A man's steps are from the Lord. How then can man understand his way? It is a snare to say rashly it is holy and to reflect only after making vows. A wise king winnows the wicked, drives the wheel over them. The spirit of man is a lamp of the Lord, searching all his inmost parts. Steadfast love and faithfulness preserve the king, and by steadfast love his throne is upheld. The glory of young men is their strength, but the splendor of old men is their gray hair. Wounds that uh, blows that wound, cleanse away evil, strokes make clean the inmost part. So we've just read it in the English Standard Version. The challenge, the challenge is to plan with the long view in mind. We need to take a long, the long view on change. Planning, scheduling. I mean, some of you, you're listening to this series uh, on, on disciplined life because you want a, a framework uh, for this month. What about next month? What, what's your plan? How are you going to do it then? How about for the whole year? I make a lot of plans uh, about reading, the books I read, the way I read the Bible. Uh, when I'm writing a book, I set myself goals, and, and I know that these things take uh, months, and that's so vital. When you make your goals, when you write down your ideas, you've got some very short-term goals like things you need to do in the next hour or the next, you know, today. There are things that you could do this week or next week, but you better get on it. But there are also some things that they're not really calling for attention right now, but now is the time to prepare. I had a talk with a 23-year-old last week, and uh, she's in a great job position making a good amount of money. And we were talking about uh, what to do with that money, retirement. And I said, set aside as much as you can right now. You will thank me later. But almost everyone I know, middle-aged like me, has, has, has not saved or saved very little. And as a result, you know, they have to work until they're 89 years old <laughs> before they can back off. we got to think of the long, the long view. If you're a parent, 
truly, you, you need to be saving money for your children's education, right? Uh, you say, oh, but he's only one year old. Well, he's only one year old. Yes, this is a great time. It's too bad you didn't start at birth. But you, you start early and things build and you'll be prepared. This applies to finances. This applies to uh, accomplishing goals and projects at work. You're a student. You're writing a paper. So when's the paper due? What's your goal for this week? How about next week? How about the third week? How about the week the paper's due? Think about this ahead of time. Think with a long view in mind. That's that's something that, that our Lord obviously did very well. He knew what was going to happen, and he, he followed that path unflinchingly. Dear God, we can so, so easily be creatures of habit, impulse. Um, we're fleshly instead of spiritual. Please help us not just to create good strategies, come up with good plans, but, but to follow them and to look down the road of life, look at the years ahead of us. Lord, if we only have months remaining of our life, help us to look months down the road, but to plan with your purposes and the good of others in mind, to plan with the long view. Help us to do that, God. We thank you for this chapter, which has so many things uh, that are wholesome and healthy and Thank you for all the 900 or so Proverbs we're so privileged to study. Uh, Lord, thank you through Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's. T- for additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos free to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry.